That's right, it's episode 270, and this week we're going to be taking you back to the old age of 2005, all the way to 2008, with Reeker from 2005 and its sequel called No Man's Land, The Rise of Reeker, 2008. That's right, so two movies that are, I would say, high concepts, low budget indies that are kind of like uh, slasher comedies right comedies uh, yes it leans more on the entertainment side so it's like it's not like a serious these aren't serious movies you know what i mean like they do serious things in them but they the characters are so goofy and wild and weird that they can't be too serious it's would, not it's not would, like we're watching fucking uh, rosemary's baby here would you say it's lo- along the lines of tremors i mean yeah it's a comedic horror movie Oh, was that? A yes, comedy? it's a comedy. <laughs> I don't fucking know. It's a. It's a, supposed to be an entertaining. These are entertainment films that are leaning more on the entertainment side than they are on the serious side because of how Wouldn't it's written. Would that be a drama? Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ! Can you hand me a shotgun? <laughs> <laughs> Why? What? Are you, what? <laughs> it's just trying to figure it out in my head. Jesus. Okay, well, it's, it's very complicated stuff here. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Jesus, the look I just got. <laughs> yeah, but those are the movies we watched. <laughs> yeah, those are the movies we watched that we can't agree on, apparently. I don't even know. <laughs> I don't, I'm going to be surprised at what you say. You're going to be like a heartfelt com. This is a heartfelt drama about two young children that are. It's a rom com. <laughs> yeah, apparently. I don't know what you're going to say now. You might as well call it fucking like, a, yeah, a romance novel or something. I don't even know. There was like one kissing scene. You're like, romance, romance, totally romance. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so we're going to be watching these two movies. These are kind of like movies that I thought of when we I I just happened to watch Trailer Park of Terror by myself on like Tubi or something like that. I had bought it on DVD for like a buck at the like trade in store and the disc wasn't in there and I didn't find out until months later. (laughs) And I was like, what the fuck? So I have the case, but I never got to see the movie. So decided to just watch it to treat myself instead of having to work all the time on like, you know, writing my thoughts about it. And it kind of made me think about the 2000s era and all these like weird movies that kind of got overlooked in the 2000s because I mean, there's not, it's not that the 2000s are bad for horror. It's just that they had 
weird spotty parts to it. You know what I mean? Like there was just all these ideas. Everybody was coming out with movies, but none of them were like big budget. You know, they were all like very independent, small kind of budgets that you could overlook a little bit. Kind of like how we have today a little bit. But I don't know. It's just a different style, different flair back then. This is like a whole different feel. It feels much further away than it actually is, doesn't it? Like how different it is to today. Because you're old. (laughs) No, 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 no. I really feel like horror has made a shift for this very serious thing now. Oh, I see. You see what I mean? Like, and it's not this like sort of lighthearted TV show type feel that like the 2000s would present. Some of these movies are in that vein, it feels like. That makes sense. I don't know. Just seems like it to me. But nowadays we get like a little bit of everything, but it just seems like the more popular stuff is a little bit more like serious, metaphorical dramas, like slow burning. Those are like the popular thing right now, which is really surprising because nobody liked them in any of the other movies back in the day. You know what right. I mean? And we just watched what? Leatherface? Texas Chainsaw Man. Yeah, I don't know why I just said it, but it might as well be called Leatherface. You know what I mean? Right. So we watched Leatherface and like a lot of people are really upset about the movie and there's a lot of people really happy about it. And there's people that like are just like, whatever, it's a movie. Right. That's me. But everybody's like really passionate about it. And it's really interesting to see like just how completely different people's opinions are about these movies. And and for me, like I did the review on YouTube, which if you haven't seen it, you should definitely check it out. See what I think about the movie. Uh, I think I was pretty poignant about my stuff and like what yeah. I thought about it and why people are going to differ on it. And uh, I don't know. I had a blast and it was like so much different than like watching another, you know, mm-hmm. super intense, slow burn, metaphorical, thoughtful movie. You know, it's like, oh, thank God we could just kind of like kick back and relax, have a little fun, you know, mm-hmm. like I'm looking forward to that fucking Dave uh the Studio 666. Yeah. What is it from? Dave uh, Grohl. Dave, is it Dave Grohl? Yeah. Yeah, Dave Grohl from fucking Foo Fighters. Right. Which, I, I don't know, some people really hate him for some reason, and I, I really don't know why, because he's like <laughs> one of the nicest people in the fucking industry. He's like the Tom Hanks of <laughs> Yeah, it's like... and Music. and. It's like he's I don't know, like how do you how do you hate Dave Grohl? Like you may not like his music, but don't hate the man. You know what I mean? Like that doesn't mean anything. I don't know. I'm I'm not I've never been a huge Foo Fighters fan, but for some reason I'm just a fan of him. Right. Because he's like done stuff with like Tenacious D, which he's like super he's like played the devil in all their videos and shit like that. He's done like uh Stone t- uh wait, what was that band that that Josh Ohm did Queens of the Stone Age he was in, which I actually really liked back in the day with one of their albums, which was really heavy. But I don't know. I just like the guy. So I'm looking forward to some like kind of like chill. Like it's like this year, I feel like maybe it's going to be a little bit more like, hey, what's going to break out of the, you know, the The norm? Yeah. Like what's going to be like, what am I going to want this year? It feels like there's always something a little different each year for what I'm like hoping for more, you know? Last year we got a lot of comedies, which was fun. Um, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see how this year goes. There's supposedly a lot of good stuff coming out, but we'll see, I guess, right? You got a hellbender coming out this week. Right. I'm going to have to do that. Um, what did you, by the way, what did you think of Leather or Texas Chainsaw Massacre? You never told anybody. You never say it. Oh, yeah, it's good. <laughs> I had fun watching it. There you go, guys. That's it. That's why I don't say anything. No, come on. Say something. Yeah, I had fun. I. I see what people's gripes are about it, but no, I don't... who cares what they think? What do you think? Yeah, I thought it was good. We, I had fun. I liked it. Yeah, I liked the story. I liked the characters. 
Yeah. You know, it was we were like rushed, we were kind of cheering out loud. Yeah. You were like, whoa! Oh, like the kill scenes when they would like break bones and stuff. We were like, oh, uh, we were like, yeah. There were some scenes in it that were kind of ridiculous. Like we were, we were. But that's what isn't that what Texas Chainsaw Massacre is? But it was kind of cool. Like it wasn't like we were talking to each other a whole lot while we were watching the movie, which is always kind of problematic and usually a so bad it's good film. Mm-hmm. But we were kind of just like aware of each other, and I was thinking to myself, like, God, we're we're one of those people that go to the theater and they don't know the etiquette. <laughs> like we haven't been to the theater in well, so long it's like go, yeah. <laughs> like are we gonna are we gonna be those people like when yeah, we go to the theater that's why we shouldn't go because i noticed that even when we go to the, when we did go to the theater i was always leaning over and whispering in your ear right. a little bit you're always like and i never could hear you because because <laughs> you know? she's deaf and stupid anyway <laughs> You I just left it. I lo- you could have just left it at deaf. You could have just left it at deaf. <laughs> I I love to see her face when I like try to get a reaction out of her. And he tries to insult me. And <laughs> it doesn't work. It is. Ten, fuck you. You say so much shit to me. We 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 ride. I don't know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, bullshit. We ride each other hard sometimes, and I don't mean sexually. Oh so my fun. god. <laughs> so fun. Yeah, there. <laughs> to hear that i don't know why i've gotten here how did i get here (laughs) (laughs) anyways now that you've pictured all that uh i think it might be time for a drink what please (laughs) yeah i think it might be time for horse shots So, since we watched two movies that are connected to each other, they are one and two, essentially. They actually don't even like to call this a sequel. I'll tell you what it is in the trivia when we get to the sequel. Okay. (laughs) That's technically not a sequel. Anyway, we decided to pick Reeker as our shot. Um, Technically, it's it's a little of both because you don't really know who the... This Reeker character is in the first movie, and they kind of explain it more in the second one. And so it's kind of a two-parter. So we're just going to call this one the Death Valley Sipper. Yep. Because the killer is called the Death Valley Drifter. So we thought we'd make a drink called the Death Valley Sipper. Sipper. And what's in a Death Valley Sipper? Well, it's certainly not uh, a taste bad shot. Uh, I refuse I to do it. She, do, I tried. Can we? Can you tell them what you suggested to me? Because okay, yes. first of all, let me explain this before she tells you. The movie is about this guy that really stinks, and he stinks so bad that like you could smell him coming. You could smell him coming, and I, I thought in the first movie that he melts people from his smell, uh-huh. but that's not the case. <laughs> so Christina was like, "Well, why don't we do a shot that's completely disgusting?" <laughs> I was gonna do tequila, fish sauce, and Tabasco. No. I said no. I actually looked up like disgusting recipes and that was kind of like. Was that, is, that, is that like a bottom of the barrel sailor fucking drink or some I don't shit? Know. You know? Oh, I'd love me sardines. You know? So- <laughs> <laughs> what if it was like tuna juice? Uh, like brandy and yeah. I mean, I can understand clambado. So I guess it's not That's, that bad. Isn't that just tomato juice? No, it's clam juice with. Tomato, tomato juice. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, clamado. Oh, I had no idea. Tomato. I'm clamado? from the desert. I don't fucking know. Anyway, speaking of deserts, Death Valley sipper. So we came up with a shot that is one shot Malibu rum, 
one full shot of grenadine and so it's like two shots basically there you're going to put it in a regular cup by the way we put it in a whiskey glass and we filled it up with the bubbly we split a can it was mango passion fruit which is with the caffeine in it because he's all shaky in the movie and he's a freak so we thought that'd be kind of fun and yeah you put some ice in it and you put a little straw in it you sip it, dip it, do. Yeah, and we're going to be sipping it all. Uh... I already drank mine. <laughs> you really did? Yeah, I did. Is it that good? Yeah, it was that good. Try it. Did you try it? No. Oh, wow. Yeah, see? You can't sip that. That is pretty fucking. That is really good. Yeah. I don't even like coconut anything. And that yeah, tastes but good. It's because it's with the grenadine. Yeah, it was enough grenadine to cover it up yeah. just enough. Yeah. And then the mango also covers like the alcohol. If you, if this is a trip, uh, this is a tip for all you guys out there. If you're making jungle juice, add some mango, whatever to your punch and it will annihilate literally any of the alcohol for the most part. It, I don't know what it is. Dangerous. It is dangerous. People were drinking that shit, jungle juice at my house and puking everywhere because they didn't realize how strong it was. And oh, I kept telling nice. them, Hey, this shit's really strong. And they're like, Oh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, if you would like to try a Death Valley Sipper, all you have to do is go to longlivethevoid.com and check out our hashtag Horror Shots section now. That's it for Horror Shots. All right, guys, so now we're going to jump into our 2000s extravaganza of Reeker from 2005 and No Man's Land, The Rise of Reeker 2008. (laughs) Right now. All right, Christina, why don't you kick it out? Let me sit up a little bit here. Yeah, she's getting serious. Strangers trapped at an eerie travel oasis in the desert must unravel the mystery behind their visions of dying people while they are prayed. <laughs> Hold on, sorry. Well, it's really dark and you're like fucking laughing, you fucking sick fuck. Exactly, okay. While they are preyed upon by a decaying creature. That's it. All right, tagline. If you can't breathe, then you can't scream. Ooh, that's a good point. <laughs> it's kind of a play off the aliens one. In space, they can't hear you scream. Oh, you that know what must I mean? be what it's yeah. from. Okay. See what I mean? It's spoofy, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. This is written and directed by Dave Payne, mm-hmm. uh, who also directed No Man's Land. The sequel. No Man. <laughs> I said ma'am. No ma'am's land. Yeah, the sequel. No ma'am, this is not your land. Get off. He also it's just did... some guy telling some woman to get off of his land the whole time. <laughs> no ma'am. No ma'am, this is not your land. <laughs> okay, he also did a movie called Just Can't Get Enough, which is about uh, the Chippendales. Oh, oh yeah, what a weird choice. Yeah. He also did Alien Terminator from 1995 and. Adam's Family Reunion. The best Adam's Family movie ever. It was the TV movie from 1998. Mm-hmm. And more recently, he has been working on TV shows such as The Archers and Fred the Show. Hmm. Yeah. All right. This movie stars Devin Gummersall. 
who plays Jack. He was in Independence Day. Yes, that one from 1996. Mm -hmm. He was also in My So-Called Life, you know, the TV show from the 90s. And he was in the Roswell TV series. He is also a director who has directed episodes of Nashville and some short films. Nice. Derek Richardson plays Nelson. He was Josh in Hostel. He was also in Dumb and Dumber. More recently, uh, he was on Fear of the Walking Dead and uh, Home Before Dark TV series. Tina Ullman plays Gretchen, was in Just Can't Get Enough, and is an, a voice actor on games such as EverQuest 2 and Agatha, Agatha, Agatha Christie's video game. There was an Agatha Christie video yeah, game? Yeah, in like the early 2000s. Weird, okay. There was like, yeah. She's also a producer on this film and the next film she was a producer. Yeah, she's also the, we think, the was married to Dave Payne because they have the same name and they both help produce and write all this, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So. Alright, Scott Whitehill plays Trip, also a voice actor for video games. Was the demon in The Conjuring The Devil Made Me Do It? Uh, oh. Was in at D three the Mighty Ducks. Remember that movie? Yeah, yeah. And he did he did the sound for the Invisible Man and much much more. Weird. Okay, what a weird combo that was. Yeah. Uh, Ariel Kibble plays Cookie. I think it's Kebble. Sorry, Ariel Kebble. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, she was in, in the Uninvited, The Grudge two from two thousand six. John Tucker much must die. Also two thousand six and. She was on the Gilmore Girls. I think she played the neighbor. Uninvited is the one about the girl, like, the front cover is this girl staring in a mirror with her underwear. Hannah? Remember the one about the old, with the old woman that comes down the stairs that we were like, I was like, oh my God, that's creepy as shit. No, I don't remember. It's got a really cool scene in it, but it's like, yeah, the Uninvited is, I don't remember. Oh, wait. No, I'm getting confused with the cat movie now, too. Yeah, I don't know. On this cover, it was almost like that uh, Let Me In cover where it was just a lady with a, in her shadow and her hands up. That was okay. Hmm. Anyway, I don't know the budget, uh, budget of this movie, but the box office brought it $2.9 million. Oh, this was in the theaters then. Okay. Yeah. I don't think the sequel was, so. Makes sense. Yeah. And what did you think of Reeker? Well, this is a movie that I remember probably more fondly than I enjoyed this time but there is something about it that is like i like i said before it's a high concept on a low budget and there's something to be said about that like i can enjoy shitty movies if they have these like really great concepts that keep you interested the whole time there's you know there's a weird fine line that you can ride there like there's a movie called retroactive which is like a time travel movie it's it's got um jim belushi in it playing a creepy guy like, and he's a murderer, a killer, and it's a time travel movie. But it's so well done, like, and it's so interesting that I actually really like the movie. You know, it's so interesting. So in in the same sense, this one, I kind of like this movie, too, for being like a really high concept with some new ideas. You don't really know what's going on in this movie, and that's part of the fault of this movie. They kind of explain it by the end, but they don't fully so, like I said, I thought this was a movie about a guy that stinks and kills people with his stink, which I thought was kind of revolutionary at the time for a slasher. I was like, well, that's a really cool idea, but sounds like a really ridiculous thing. But you come to find out, it that's isn't that. It isn't that, but it's, the only reason I didn't know is because this movie does not explain everything to you. So you just kind of go with your head. Right. Do you remember the movie Frailty? 
No. I think it's, or is it, what's the one with uh, John Cusack where they go? Identity, because yes. that's what I was going to say, you fucker. It totally <laughs> reminds me of like an identity movie because it takes place at like a, a single motel. location yeah. and, and like all these people don't really know what's going on. It's different. It's totally different. But it feels like that kind of movie. I don't know. It's just like this mystery that sort of unravels and you kind of like people die. It's got this slasher element. There's things that the slasher does that you don't know why it's fucking happening, which is really confusing. Like there's like tools that this thing uses. And it, it, they at no point in time do they ever explain who the Reeker is, why he's using these tools, why he stinks. Nothing. We just right. he's just killing he's just there, which is fine. I don't mind that because, you know, like in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie, they don't really explain where he was. All this other Who stuff. Who this lady was that died? A little mystery is good in a horror movie. But I think with this movie and then seeing the sequel, it's like. In order to really understand this movie, you kind of have to watch the sequel. And it kind of does ask a lot of the viewer to ask a lot of questions about this weird concept that by the end, you'll be like, oh, okay, that's what's going on. But there's things that happen throughout the whole film that don't really make sense. Like when people die, there's a thing that happens and it like flashes all these images and you're just like, what's going on? (laughs) I will say this, Dave Payne has... Some of the best intros to movies. Okay. Both of his films are fucking kick ass in the beginning. Literally will grab you immediately. And he knows that. So he in the first this movie, there's a really big opener. And then the next one, there's a really big opener. Mm -hmm. And they are pretty graphic. There's some pretty violent graphic shit in this movie. Some that's not. So it's like you kind of a toss as to what you're going to get. The creature, the slasher uh, vibe is kind of unique and different. So I kind of like that. They use a lot of really cool CGI in this movie that is pretty damn good for that time, especially for this type of budget. Mm -hmm. You know, like they're they're very talented. And, And that continues on in the sequel as well. I think they even started the special effects visual effects studio based on this movie. They had to in order to get paid, essentially. You know what I mean? So, um, but yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of weird, interesting characters that are in this movie. Um, but I would look at them as like a ind- independent film from the 90s mm-hmm. style where they're not like, like, you know that the acting isn't that good, but the characters are kind of very tropey and typical for the 90s even though this is a 2000s movie it definitely feels like a 90s movie mm-hmm. it's a typical story getting stuck at a fucking you know they go to the gas station but this time instead of talking to some guy he tells them not to go somewhere and then they go they end up staying <laughs> or they end up coming back and they can't leave mm-hmm. so it's it's kind of like a weird dynamic there but I would say over the other film, this one has the probably the better characters, probably the better acting, even though both of these are not the greatest in acting. If you can lower your expectations and kind of remember what it was like back in the 2000s or 90s, where you could watch these sort of straight to video kind of movies, it feels like one of them, even though the Reeker was in theaters or Reeker, I should say, not the Reeker, just Reeker, (laughs) R-E-E-K-E-R, Alex. Um, I think it's worth a watch. I wouldn't really say this is high on my list, but I'm glad I own them 
because there is some really cool ideas that I think nobody else had really done at the time. And they made use of these ideas on a very small budget, which is ingenious. And that's what you kind of need to do in an independent film is do something ingenious that nobody else has done and make it work on the budget that you have. So if you like semi-gory, kind of silly, not like overly silly, but just kind of like entertaining sort of characters that do stupid shit that has serious repercussions, but they kind of don't care. Does that make sense? Right. Because they like, there's things that happen in this movie that you're like, oh, it's silly, wacky stuff, you know, but like it's actually, they would die. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, but yeah, I like it. I like it still. It's not high on my list. I mean, maybe a 5.5 or a 6. You know, it is definitely above average in the indie film department, and it's not a bad watch if you're just looking for something different. A unique sort of slasher with a high concept should do you pretty good. There might be people that like it more. I think I liked it more before I saw it this time. Um, But yeah, I don't know. I'm glad we own it. It's just one of those movies that not many people really remember, and it's hard to find, guys, so... There is no place that you can watch it online, unfortunately. we I literally spent like two hours trying to find someplace. It is a movie that is owned by Showtime, or at least it was put out digitally on Showtime. Mm-hmm. And they put it out on DVD, and it's offline. Like, there's nowhere online that maybe there's some rights issues or... I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's a sequel you can find anywhere. You can rent it. You can fucking buy it. I mean, anything you can think of. But right now, if you want to see The Reeker, you have to get it on DVD. So, Christina, what did you think? What was your score? 5.5 or 6. Oh, okay. Sorry, I just... Yeah, I'm I'm kind of up in the air because there's things about it that I admire. Right. So it's definitely over average. Like, you know, I I really appreciate that they did something with this Mm -hmm. more than, than I was expecting. Oh, okay. Well... I thought every character in this movie deserves to die. I'm not saying they all died. I just said they all deserve to die. They were very annoying. All of them annoying. One last thing I forgot to mention. There is a large gap in the middle of the movie that is very slow. Mm -hmm. And it it really has some pacing problems here. Which is everything I was just going to (laughs) say. Okay. Well, I mean, whatever. I mean, that's then we agree on things. There's nothing wrong with that. Like you said, the opening scene was amazing. Then it drags in the middle, and then the story was kind of, like, all over the place. Yeah. Like, in that, that where it was just, like, dead. It's a it little spotty, like, yeah. Yeah, it was, the characters were, like, all over the place. It was weird. Uh, the ending does explain what's going on, but like you said, it doesn't, like, wrap it up, you It know? does. Yeah, it doesn't explain specifically. Yeah, which kind of, like, makes the movie worse, and I didn't enjoy that. I did like, I liked the Reeker. I liked the idea of the Reeker and him being a I slasher. Thought, I, did you like how and he looked? I, I liked the idea of the Reeker being a, sl- him as a slasher, like the character, and he wears a gas mask, and when he comes into a room, you like- You can see the steep. Yeah, like, and everyone, like, <laughs> it's funny, because everyone, like, covers their nose, and they're like, oh, good. It's like gas. What's that smell? Yeah. Where's that smell going? Or it's like rotting flesh or it's something. It's the Reeker. Yeah, but I did, the the kill scenes were good. You know, the gore was good. I did write down, it was a lot of identity, like the movie Identity. It does feel like that. It's like identity meets the characters of Go. Yeah. Do do you understand what I'm saying? That Go movie. Do you know what I mean? Like, they're the silly, wacky kind of characters that Mm -hmm. just don't do anything right. Right. You know what I mean? Exactly. So, 
But I gave it I gave it six out of ten. You know, whatever. Okay, so we're about the same. Yeah, we're about the same. Yeah, some movies we kind of agree on. It's like we see value in them, but we don't really love them. Right. And that's okay. Like, there is an in-between, guys. You don't have to just love or hate things like a lot of the community seems to do these days. There's only great or bad films, guys, and you can only pick one. You tell him, Alex. Yeah, well, I had a big discussion with somebody. I was like, if you think there's only two choices, well, there's you've been lied to because that's <laughs> not true. Um, but anyway, yeah, so... If you are you guys a collector of this movie, have you seen this movie? I would love to hear from you about this movie. Unfortunately, I wish I could give you a place to do it. I just really wanted to talk about it because it's been so long. And it, I just kind of go with my gut when I pick movies to watch and just kind of do whatever, because it's like I want to try to make it different enough that you guys will watch new movies that maybe you haven't seen and try things out that aren't always the same, you know? So and and jump around in different times and stuff, even though I know we lean heavy on the 80s. But, you know, mm-hmm. that's why you come here anyway. So fuck you, Christina. <laughs> anyway, we do have a little bit of trivia. Not re- actually, we don't have much on this movie at all. I got more out of the other one. That's weird. And something's fucked up with the DVD disc. So it's like it doesn't play in my Xbox out in the living room, but, but it, it plays, plays on the, on the old one. Xbox in my bedroom. And I couldn't play well, it's it because the- they're from the same time. <laughs> they're from the same time. Oh, the, the <laughs> Xbox at the time. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't know about that. It would be a 360, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Isn't so. that what's back there? What's back in the bedroom? 2005. No, we, we don't have the Xbox 360 back there anymore. Oh, we got the that. Xbox One now. Where is our 360? I don't know. Somewhere in the closet, probably. Oh, we should sell it. Maybe we just kick it. No, we're not selling it. We should sell it. That's going to pay for your fucking casket when you die, dude. Like... <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I'll probably beat you to the punch anyway. Um, but yeah, we don't have a lot of trivia, but if you don't want anything spoiled, I understand. But if you do want to just kind of hear, like, get a peek into what the movie's about a little bit, you know, this will definitely spoil the mystery of it. So, but here's your warning. So what did you think of the intro part of the movie? Like, did it really grab you? Yes, I really enjoyed Well, Okay. So, so we want to describe it. Want to go ahead and describe so it for them. So they're driving down a desert road. Who's they? Uh, a family. It was okay. like a, a, a mom and dad and a son, right? Right. He's and, passed out in the back. The dad is. Yeah. And they're playing. Oh, I spy. With my Shit, little eye. Stupid. You're better ex- explaining things. She's going to miss the joke that, that I thought was really funny in the movie. That got my attention right away. There's a joke that this kid, they're playing I spy with mom and dad. Or, or excuse me. They're playing I Spy with mom and son. And she's like, you have to pick something that you see. That's the game. You can't just pick something that you don't see. And he's like, "Uh, okay, I spy with my little eye something that starts with a D. And she's like, uh, desert, desert. That's what she says. And he's like, oh, it's a deer. And then she turns and there's a deer in front of them. And she hits it and they go off road for a little bit after a while. I've never heard of a deer in the desert, but okay. I don't know if there's deer in the fucking desert or not. All I know is that it was a deer. They hit a deer in California. I'm sure there's deer in California. I don't know about the Mojave Desert, but (laughs) there was one in this one. So maybe it traveled thousands of miles just for that car to hit it. It bothered me like in that uh, the Phoenix Lights movie and there was a bear. 
like in Phoenix. I'm like, what? Well, either way, I thought it was a, a funny joke. It's not it the, the greatest joke, but it caught my attention. They hit the deer. It fucking explodes all over the goddamn window. <laughs> and then the fucking, the, the dad wakes up and he's like, what's going on? Is everything all right? And their dog goes out, runs outside, goes off into the bushes, and they're calling. And I can't even remember the name. And they're calling it, and the dad goes to look for it. And he comes wandering back, and they don't show his face. They just show him kind of acting weird, like his chest all the way down. And he's doing a helicopter with his dick. <laughs> I'm joking. What movie did you watch? <laughs> it was later and it was weird. And <laughs> no. <laughs> so he walks up and the kids like looks back and he sees or he's in the car and he's banging on the window and the mom's like, oh, my God, Frank. And his face, like his entire half of his face is missing. Mm-hmm. And you're like, what the fuck just happened? This is why I thought the reeker. His smell was so strong. Oh, it melted his face. It melted his face off. But oh. now I realize that the Reeker is sort of like stopping people who don't want to die and killing them. Mm-hmm. Pretty dead. Yeah. Like they're stuck in purgatory. Like when they hit that deer, they all died somehow. Mm-hmm. And you don't know that. Right. And I didn't know that for years now. <laughs> Even after watching the movie, I didn't know. I was confused. So I guess I wasn't paying close enough attention the times I've seen before. You didn't even mention the dog. The dog was like cut oh. half, and the dog was like walking around on two legs. The legs, yeah. They, yeah. Well, it's like they tied rope around its legs and they were trying to make it walk. It was yeah. kind of fucked up. Yeah, it's kind of fucked up, but they like okay. painted the back of it and put its legs <laughs> on the other side. And she's like, "I know, we'll we'll get him taken care of, Billy. We'll get him taken care of." And then Dad comes out like, Ugh. "I gotta tell you though." Th- that that car accident scene was a great um it oh, i don't know the word it was a great segue segue or a st- story deterrent for when the kids were driving down the road and they saw a car that was crashed turned over and i thought it was that car right and it wasn't it was them right yeah. i don't know if that was necessarily intentional but i mean it had to have been it's pretty good. That was a pretty good change. Uh, uh, what do you call it? Like trans- uh, sleight of mind. Yeah, yeah. Trick for the uh, viewer, I guess. Yeah. That's when you know, like, we get into this whole story about this guy named Trip, who is going to a drug dealer, and he's like this chemist who's like wearing ecstasies, making ecstasy. Yeah, he's like wearing a pharmacy jacket with in his underwear, and he's like getting ecstasy with like tweezers, and he's like take, and he gets four for the guy, and then Trip's like. So are they real? And the guy just punches him. <laughs> and he was like, what do you think? Mm-hmm. He's like, okay. <laughs> and so Tripp's pissed off that he get punched in the face. So he steals all of the guy's fucking drugs. Ecstasy, yeah. That was big. Yeah. 2005. That's the go or... thing. Remember? Yeah. This is where I'm getting that go. Yeah. And they were going to a rave. Right. The they desert. were going to a rave. Desert rave. Yeah. It's very similar. Mm-hmm. Hold on. Which came out in 1999, by the way. So it's possible yeah. that he enjoyed that movie because in the sequel, guess who's in it? One of the stars from Go. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, interesting. So I'll get into who that is and, and which one. He's one of my favorite characters in the movie. Uh-huh. Uh, but I totally did not recognize him in the sequel. So, um, But yeah, he gets, he gets these drugs. He goes on this trip. They're going to go to a rave. They never really explain it, which raves. It's like, yeah, like raves are so much different now than they were in 2006 or 2005. 
Like, totally. and, and there's, it's like every five years, it's like a different group of people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause people get older and they stop. Right. <laughs> they can't do drugs all day long and right. fucking be complete pieces of shit. Like we were. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Where you just stay out for weeks at a time and then come home and everybody's like, where were you? I thought you were dead. <laughs> oh, I was just out busy doing fucking ecstasy and bunch of drugs, you know? <laughs> Because I'm stupid. <laughs> no, I mean, it's just part of growing up, I guess. I don't know. We used to go to Baltimore and fucking D.C. all the time and go to the fucking raves all the time. Like, in the middle of the night in some dangerous-ass fucking areas walking the street for a mile oh, or two just to get to the club. My 18th birthday, I went to a warehouse rave in downtown Phoenix, which got held up. Yeah. Like, so we were, like, like by these gang guys and so we were like held up in the building for like three hours with like no music or anything we had to like hide in the building it was, it was really yeah. that's kind of scary yeah yeah we most of the the gang guys were not that you know like at first when i first started going i was like ah mm-hmm. because we had to walk by this area and they were always crowded over there mm-hmm. in this one area and then we would walk by sometimes sometimes they were there sometimes they weren't you know but it was like we would go so frequently like right. these clubs would be like some, would sometimes you would go like four or five nights a week mm-hmm. you know what i mean they would have like a different thing every single fucking night i used to be the drum and bass kid like that was my shit mm-hmm. drum and bass and jungle and you know then, it, you know, it turned into dubstep later, I guess. But <laughs> Yeah, but you weren't going then. There was a time when I was old or when I was young and you guys were never even thought of. <laughs> Where they, all they had was house and trance was the new thing. That's I remember. I remember. Trance was like, oh, my God, yeah. revolutionary for some people. And they were like, mm-hmm. and then they would be like, it's too trippy for me, man. I need house. Like house is the bro style. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! Oh god! I could tell you so many stories about oh, that. Oh, me too. Style. You know, I went to celebrity theater. I would go to raves at celebrity theater in the nineties. That's crazy. Yeah. You, do you remember the the, the uh, thing? And this is for you older folks out there. Do you remember the fucking sixty minutes that they did on uncovering the clubs and what happened to the clubs? Oh, like the uh, club kid thing in New York? Yeah, no, it wasn't New York. It was in D.C. or oh. was it Baltimore? Fuck! Now I can't remember. Okay. It was a club called Buzz. And it was run by some famous DJs mm-hmm. who ended up buying Nation. And it used to be called Buzz. Oh, okay. And they oh, did an okay, undercover yeah. expose thing where they went in with a fucking night vision camera and, like, mm-hmm. tried to get drugs and, like, did all this crazy shit. And, like, they were, like, buying drugs from the fucking security guards and shit like that. <laughs> that was the club I went to. <laughs> so that was the one that was, like, this is before ecstasy was even illegal. Uh-huh. Remember they had oh, to wow. make it illegal right. when this shit was going on because I forgot about that. And then it was like that expose fucking ruined it for everybody. But it also made it bigger <laughs> <laughs> because everybody was like, where's this freedom thing I heard about? <laughs> Let's go do drugs. <laughs> anyway. Oh, anyway. Sorry. It's just, Let's get back to the shitty movie. It's just funny thinking about raves and how it was for us. Yeah. Compared, compared to, to what now, it was, what it's yeah. like, well, here in it's in so Phoenix, different. It's like huge. It's like an event. It's like a concert. Right now, now you just go to to get pushed up against other bodies and then pass yeah. out and die. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's terrible. <laughs> Good old Travis Scott. Just kidding. <laughs> Anyway, sorry, that's just my poor humor, guys. I apologize. Dark, it's dark. <laughs> anyway, so they're going to this rave, and uh, what were we talking about? Uh, 
they're going to this rave and they the girls gets mad at him for having the drugs on him because he says he's got enough for everybody oh, in the car. Right, so they stop. She tries to just kick him out. This is where they pass the, the car. car on the side of the road and they're like, Oh, wasn't there like a car that cut in front of them or something like that? That like Yeah, but they didn't really get into that until the end of the movie. They go, right. they go back to the scene of where they actually died. Okay. Well, yeah. whatever. Um, there was a scene where something happened on the road and it was very innocuous and you didn't even think anything of it. And then they passed their own car and then she tries to drop him off in the middle of nowhere and he's like, can't, can't do that. Don't leave him in the middle of nowhere. So they go to the next gas station that they they had just been at. Yeah, they went back to, yeah, this and there was motel. Everybody disappeared. And they're like, wait, what the fuck? Yeah, everything was empty. And they were like, there's like lit cigarettes in the fucking ashtray. They, they're like, it's like everybody cleared out. And so they're like confused as to what's going on. And like they meet a few people on the side of the road and shit like that, don't they? Like they meet that old man, which is Michael Ironside. Mm-hmm. His role is in this movie. Did you mention him? Nope. Yeah, Michael Ironside's in this movie, guys, by the way. Oh, I don't even know who that is. Famous guy that she didn't even mention. Whoops. He's been in everything horror. So, (laughs) so there's also that one of the kids or or young adults in this movie is blind. And oh, oh my God, that is just never ending joke. I didn't feel like the no offense to the actor. Oh, Oh, yeah. He was definitely not blind. Yeah, no. And they didn't even like. I thought he did okay. they, They didn't even like give him a cane, which to me. All the blind people I know, like, they have to. You know how much it those canes like, are, though? I'm just kidding. I don't know. They're cheap. <laughs> Isn't it cheaper than a dog? <laughs> I mean, he just felt so around for things. Anyway, yeah, but. He was a confident like, blind person, Christina. Okay. Jesus. Yeah, okay. I guess that makes sense. Anyway, I don't know. Plus, he had those, like, like a, a car full of people who, you know, anyway. Anyway. So each of them started getting picked off one by one. In weird ways, but they're not the same ways that they end up like they end up dying from the similar wounds Mm -hmm. that they would have died from in their car accident. In the realistic. Yeah. Right. And and so whenever anybody dies, they get hunted by this guy, the reeker. And he comes and they get this like as they're dying, they get this flash of all these things that happened. It's like their life flashing before their eyes. Right. It's like before. After, during, and then, like, after the accident as they're passing away. And, and they never, like, explained it. That's right. why I'm thinking it's the, the you know, your life flashing before your eyes before you, it, you actually die. It gets a little bit more complicated, and they explain this sort of, like, flash uh, before you die a little better in the sequel, which turns into a kind of, like, a Final Destination thing. But I don't want to get into that too much. We'll get into that next time. Yeah, it's just something movie. to mention that you might want to hear for next movie. So there, there's this part where uh, two of the guys are, like, walking around, and they, they find this guy in a dumpster. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was a cool scene. And, yeah, he popped up, and he, he was, like, talking to the guy, and then he popped up, and he had no legs. That guy so was an actual was, disabled actor. Which was cool. And then he was, like, scooting around. Yeah, he had literally no legs, and, like, they, you know, made it look like he got chopped in half. Yeah, that's what I was talking about is, is Dawn of the Dead oh. uh, brought that to use... Never mind. You say it is, but I'm telling you, I remember Return of the Living Dead but using it. More. Do you remember the guy that was outside the yeah, ambulance? Yeah, I know. And then he he's like, he, he moves the for... door, and then the thing like screams at him. And he's like, ah! And he shoots it like three times right. or whatever, and then it gets back up and starts chasing after him. Uh-huh. That's what I that what I was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's you know it's a good use of it for mm-hmm. sure like it should definitely think about that and they do a lot of times you'll see people with like you know missing arms and stuff doing acting roles where they're like missing a limb and they tape like a fake arm to it or something mm-hmm. which is great like that's oh, super totally. cool there was also this scene where um but wait wait he goes hobbling off into the distance and that's when michael ironside's like acting weird and trip is acting weird he's like did you just see something and it was like, what, what are you talking about? It's like, well, I mean, there was something that ran over this way or not run, but. And he was like, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. It's like they both saw it, but they don't want to talk yeah, about it. Yeah, they don't it. want to admit to it because they think they're crazy. Right. They, they will think that the other party will think mm-hmm. that they're crazy. But it's funny how fast friends they are right away, like, mm-hmm. which is really weird because weird. Trip goes out and kind of tries to find help because their cell phones all of a sudden don't work. The radios don't work and all this other shit's not working. And he goes to get help. And then he runs into the drug dealer. He keeps seeing flashes of him. Yeah. Just flashes. It was kind of weird. Like appearing and then disappearing and then appearing, disappearing. So he's getting scared and he finds that Michael Ironside guy on the side of the road who also died. He was one of the people you find out that he, he had, had a on... heart attack when driving, and he's the one who caused the accident. Right. Because he had a heart attack. They had on collision. And he was looking for his wife, but his wife actually lived, which this I is thought a, was funny. This is kind of an age-old trope, though. Like, I've seen it in so many other movies, you know, where you don't realize that you're dead. You know what I'm talking about? Right. I've had dreams or literal trips on acid where I thought something happened. And I convinced myself that I died because of this kind of type of shit. Uh, <laughs> like, lucid, like a lucid dream? No, just that, you know, like I, I, I went to the store. I remember thinking about going to the store to get cigarettes. And I, what if I went and I flipped my car and I died and I wasn't actually, Oh, you see what I'm saying? And like somehow I wiped it from my mind. Right. You know, because your mind can play tricks on you. This is older than this movie. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like that. I think there was like a Soul Survivors movie. Remember that? Mm-hmm. It was like a really big budget mainstream movie that was like just like this in a way. Oh. I don't know which one was first. Well, well, fucking Sixth Cent is like it. Bruce Willis doesn't even fucking. I'm sure like, oh, it's 2001, actually. Very similar. They don't know they're dead kind of thing, you know? Sorry, spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're in the spoilers it's really not that about? great of a movie there's some good things in it but it, it, yeah. probably better than this one a little bit just by a little bit but um let's talk about some of the kills i guess and did you have any particular uh kills or deaths or anything that you really enjoyed oh there was this really funny part where the guy was like in his room and he couldn't get out of the room so he tries to he puts a a blanket around him because of the gas the reekers chasing him oh because he's so it smells so bad so he tries to break the window so he lunges his body towards the window and it didn't break it was so funny (laughs) well he like doesn't he throw a shoe on the ground first and and then it like this machine comes out of the under the bed and then slices it up and he's like oh shit i can't put my foot down on the ground so he's playing like hot lava by jumping around on the furniture and shit Oh, I didn't is that get, what you're talking about? No, I didn't get that at all. Okay, maybe I didn't hear you, and I. No, he was trying to get out of the room, and he couldn't get the window broken, and then finally he. Yeah, that's he... what I'm talking about. Okay. He was jumping on the tables and stuff. Oh, I didn't know that was why. Yeah. Oh, okay. 
Well, he finally gets through the window and then a big chunk of glass like goes through his neck. Right. That was cool. That was Which sprayed everywhere. Later on you realize it's a piece of glass that's that went how, through his neck. Yeah, that's how he died in the car accident. Right. Which is so cool. And like the, the you see like the drug dealer in every one of them every one of their flashes of death. And you're like, what does he have to do with it? Like why is he in every one of these flashbacks? And he's actually the one that tries to save the two remaining people by the end of the movie. Right, because you keep, yeah, I kept thinking he was a ghost. (laughs) He went to track him down to kill fucking Trip because he stole all of his drugs, but ended up being a good guy anyway, Mm -hmm. saving the two remaining people's lives. Mm -hmm. So that was funny, though, but he was like, he hit the window first. See, this is like a comedy. That's a comedic thing to happen. Otherwise, he would have just gone through the first time. Right. You know what I mean? But he he slammed it into the window and was like, oh, fuck, it didn't work. And then he goes back on the bed, jumps over, and then slams out the window. And that's what it is. There was the girl who went to the fucking outhouse to go take a piss or whatever. Oh, that was so stupid. So she goes, so they're in the hotel room, okay? They're making out. And then all of a sudden, I got to go to the bathroom. Right. Oh, I can't use the bathroom in the hotel because it's broken. Right. So let me go outside to the outhouse, the fucking outhouse. Which, like, by the way, so they sex. were trying to have sex for like literally three hours in this movie. Like, yeah. Movie whole- time. Not like real time, like in the movie. Right. It had already, they started before it got dark. And then like, because she took an, a pill of ecstasy. Right. And she's like horny, of course. So she wants to fuck the DJ. Well, guy. I don't care about that. I just don't understand why she just didn't piss in the fucking bathtub if the goddamn toilet was broken. Why do you got to go outside? But then you realize, oh, she went to the outhouse because that's how she dies. Right. It like reeks through the toilet. Shit she hears and- something below her. It yanks her down. She pulls herself back up, reaches for the toilet paper. And and then pulls it towards her and then falls in and then the reeker jabs his machine into her fucking stomach or something. Yeah, that was it. <coughs> there was a scene where what's his name got his arm cut off. Trip. Mm-hmm. Trip dies too, right? He dies and then he we like don't comes, really see. He comes back. Remember he he comes back towards the end to save him again and then he dies again. It's confusing. Yeah, there's not a lot of uh, explanation going on here, so. And it is a little slow because there's like a scene where like a deer just appears in the fucking like office, the front office, mm-hmm. and the blind guy's in there and he almost trips over it. Literally in the same spot that he had just walked moments ago, a dead deer appears in behind him. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what the fuck is going on because in this movie? Because that was the dead deer from the beginning because it's in purgatory. Oh, I get it. I'm just saying, oh, like, okay. why would it be in the in the office? I don't know, but also, I don't understand why they set up tents outside the motel room to like chill in instead of just. They were polite because they going thought pe- into the motel. The hope was is that the people that had left were going to come back, so they didn't know. That's stupid. No, no, they didn't know they were you in go, purgatory for Christ's go, sake. No, you go inside. You don't <laughs> stay in a tent. You okay? break in a room. You break and enter. You hear that, kids? Get into it. anything you want to whenever there's nobody around. Yep, do it. Do whatever you like, just so long as it doesn't hurt anybody. (laughs) (laughs) Go through your parents, uh, you know, safe. Money drawer. Go through the safe, see what's in there with the guns and stuff. (laughs) That's That's not funny. (laughs) (laughs) Don't go in your parents' safe, okay? Just just, (laughs) satire. We're having a joke. I don't want to get blamed for some shit like that. There's like some dialogue where the blind guy, he's like trying to hook up with the cookie girl in the beginning. She's trying to hook up with him. Mm -hmm. She ends up hooking up with the DJ who's going to play the show at the rave. 
the big festival or whatever. And then, like, he ends up falling in love with the main girl, teen, or the actual Tina Payne, who's the... Gretchen. <clears throat> she plays Gretchen character, yeah. But she's actually the... Was the wife, I think, of... Or sister, maybe. I don't, I know. don't know. She changed her last name, so we assume it's marriage. But whatever. But it's just kind of a weird dynamic. They kind of have this, like, back and forth. She's, like, helping the blind guy now because... And I, I don't know. Like, it's a little confusing because at first... She, like, tries to think that he's, like, killed somebody because he found blood on his hand. And it's just, like, a throwaway line. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, oh, you could have used that, but no, you didn't. Mm-hmm. So they were like, oh, clearly he didn't do it. He's blind. How's he going to see what he's doing? You know what I mean? Like, that's probably what they were thinking. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he's pretty <clears throat> able-bodied. You know what I mean? He got around. and He survives. <clears throat> yeah, he talked about, like, how he was using the string if he ever got lost and he would just find it back. So they have this whole scene where he ties himself off and they cuts the fucking rope. And so he tries to go back and he's on the other side of the road and he's lost. And she goes to get him. I thought it was kind of interesting. Yeah, that was interesting. It was kind of suspenseful, sort of. Not like mm-hmm. great, but just suspenseful. Mm-hmm. How does it wrap up? I mean, ends up just being the two of them, by the way. Yeah, so they're battling the Reeker. Above. I don't. I didn't understand how they got out. I don't understand how they survived, but okay. Well, explain what happened. Well, there was there there was a string and scene, and then they went up on the RV. They went up on the roof because they were gonna like you know, sabotage him or some fucking bullshit because she had a gun. And she then he gets shotgun. drilled in the head. Yeah, he got a uh, trip. And trip. he can see. No, 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 the oh, blind no, guy. The blind guy, yeah, he did. He can see for like a brief minute. Right, because he got drilled in the head. Right, because he lost his sight by getting hit in the back of the head. And then he gained his sight when the fucking... When he was a child. Yeah, when he was a child, he got he hit in the back of the head. Lost when his, he was, he was like six years old. And then when he's in now... He gets drilled in the head and all of a sudden he can see for a little bit and he sees her face, which he talked about he wanted to see or whatever. But I don't even understand. I don't understand the transition of them going back to being alive. Well, they just don't remember anything, but I don't remember. How How do we get to that point to explain that to them? Oh, don't forget, like Tripp showed back up with no arm. Right. Okay? I remember that. And then they were talking and then the slasher shows back up. And then uh, Trip was like trying to like protect them, and he ended up getting a uh, like whacked in the stomach. Right. Um, was he dead or was he alive? We don't know. Trip. Yeah. Well, now he's dead because this is the second time. Yeah, but you can die twice in this movie. Well, I don't know, but uh, they they both the two were on top of the RV, and Jack fell off of the RV because he got drilled in the head. Yeah. So he fell. Yeah, he fell off, got drilled. She pulled him back up to the top. Um. Oh, they. She whacked off his gas mask. That's and right. And they showed his. He face. pulled off his mask, and you see like the zombie face. Yeah, like, like it shows like the uh, like this weird sappy like weird stringy shit. Mm-hmm. Like he, you can't see the reeker very well because he's like covered in this like steet. Right. The smell, which is like kind of like what it looks like when the sun's like over the hill, and you can kind of see the heat mm-hmm. moving the air and everything like that. And now I remember, so then she rams the RV into the Reeker. That's right, yeah. And then they transitioned over to the car accident, and they showed how, you know, everybody died, but the blind guy and her are still alive, and then they show them walking, do you remember anything that happened, blah, blah, blah? And then he said, oh, I think I saw your face. Yeah. Oh, the end. 
And that's pretty much it. So they don't remember anything that just happened in this weird purgatory world. Nope. But, you know, it's really hard to kind of piece that all together unless you see the sequel. So we do have another movie that we're going to talk about, and that is No Man's Land, The Rise of Reeker. This one came out, you know, three years, well, 2008. It's about a sheriff and his son who chase casino robbers only to find all of them are being chased by something else. <laughs> Tagline, trapped between the living and the dead. Again? <laughs> <laughs> now, we don't know wh- when this takes place. Is it bef- I would assume it's bef- after the current, the events of the first one. Yeah, I don't know. We don't really know. This is also directed and written by Dave Payne. Who she mentioned. We have a cast, a very large cast in this one, by the way. We've got Michael Mo- M- Michael Money, M-U-H-N-E-Y. Okay. He plays Harris, the sheriff's son. He's best known for being a sheriff on Veronica Mars TV show. He was in the Huntress TV series, the Young and the Restless TV series, and Truth Be Told TV. So opera actor. He's a- There's also Steven Martinez, who is Alex, the bank robber. He was in The Vampire Diaries, The Closer TV Series, Guiding Light TV, General Hospital TV, and he actually got his start on Craw the Sea Monster. So opera. <laughs> a lot of people get their start there. Oh, yeah, I know. It's a good gig to have. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Fucking and, money, dude. And they, they don't have them as, you know, like they used to. Mm, I don't know. The last time I remember watching a soap opera was when I was a kid and I was sick at school yeah, from school. Yeah, they've all, I think COVID shut down. All the production so, stuff? Yeah, uh, yeah, and uh, a lot of them got canceled. I think there's only, like, General Hospital still around, I think. Anyway. Uh, anyway, we also have the famous Lou Temple, who's been in a ton of stuff. A lot of Rob Zombie films as well. He plays the hitchhiker in this movie in the very beginning. He's best for the known. Uh, he's best known for the role in The Devil's Rejects. He was in Unstoppable. He's been in over 140-some roles. He was in The Endless, the uh, those uh, twin directors, the uh, Aaron Moorhead and... Justin Benson uh, film. 31, Lucky Dog. The Walking Dead, he was a big part in. He was the right-hand man in uh, The Walking Dead for Negan, remember? Mm-hmm. Uh, he was also in Trailer Park of Terror, which inspired me to watch these two movies, and Domino and more. We also have Desmond Askew, who plays Binky, the bank robber, who is the bald-headed British feller. Oh. Who you may or may not, probably not, because oh I didn't God. recognize. Now I totally see it. Oh right. my God. He's the British fella from the movie Go, who goes to Va- Las Vegas, that right. really cool story. Right. He where the, the other best. guy that goes with him gets all the shit luck. Right. And he gets all the good luck. Right. And he like has sex with two women in the, the room, catches fire, and then he has them run out and mm-hmm. all this crazy shit. That was like the coolest story in the whole movie. Yeah, it really was. It was so funny. I love Go. That's a great movie. I do too, yeah. It's one of those weird movies that I just, it's like a time capsule. That and Kids remind me of the rave scene when I was right, a kid. Right, So those two movies, for whatever reason, I don't know why. Uh, he was also in the Hills Have Eyes remake as, the, as Boom Boom Big Brain. He was the guy in the wheelchair that's like, boom, boom. That they oh. sampled in that fucking uh, who was who who sampled it in the industrial scene? Boom, boom, boom. Knockmore? Knockmore, I think it was. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but he's the guy in the wheelchair. Remember, he gets stabbed, or the other guy gets stabbed through the throat in front of him. But he was in Roswell, Teristas. He's also done a ton of voice work in big games like Call of Duty Four, Modern Warfare, Bioshock Two, The Elder Scrolls Online, and more. 
We got Marcia Monroe, who plays Maya the Waitress. She was in Tekken, live action movie. Cellular, the rookie TV show, Fifty Shades of Black, Magic Mike, The Change Up, Drive, the TV series, House of the Dead 2, which apparently was a TV movie I forgot about. And we were we need to review we those do. two. Yeah, we do. I'm not looking forward to that. Pterodactyl is one of her first roles, actually. So huh. which I believe is a Roger Corman film. I could be wrong. Or a canon film. One of the two. Mm-hmm. Um, Valerie Cruz is in this movie. She plays Allison the Doc. She was in Dexter as Sylvia Prado. Oh. She also was in Cellular with Mercia Monroe, by the way. She was also on the Nip Tuck TV series quite a bit. Charm TV, The Following TV, and True Blood. Oh. You might not recognize her too well. Right. She was a big part in that. Yeah. Also have Robert Pine, who has been in movies since the 60s. You know what I mean? He's been doing stuff on TV and, and movies forever. Uh, he plays the sheriff in this movie. He was in Lakeview Terrace, which I love that movie. I don't know why. It's just weird. It's the one with um, Samuel L. Jackson's in the movie. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the guy from Insidious, the father. Oh, Patrick. Wilson? Yeah, Pat's yeah. Yeah. He one of his first movie, he's like he's in a, you know, mixed race re- uh, relationship and Samuel Jackson doesn't like that. Oh. Because she's He's like the father. Yeah, and it's like the, he keeps fucking with them and he's their neighbor and he's also a police officer. It's a really good movie. It's actually not a bad movie at all. So if you guys like that kind of stuff, it's good. We also did he Robert Pine was in movies like Red Eye, the Steve Jobs documentary called J- Jobs. He played the sergeant on Chips for a really long time. Gunsmoke, Magnum P.I., All My Children. He was in Murder, She Wrote for a bunch of different characters. And he was in The Bold and the Beautiful. He's still acting today, by the way. In soap operas. (laughs) Hey, man, he was in a lot of TV. He's a working actor, man. He's probably paid pretty good, too. Uh, I think he's the best actor in the movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, We got Michael Robert Brandon, who plays the salesman, a.k.a. The Death Valley oh, Drifter. Uh-huh. He is was in the medium TV show for a couple or one episode. He was in Hatred of a Minute movie. Salem TV, he had a big role in. He was also in a recent horror movie called Elder Island and more. We also have Ben Gunther, last but not least, who was Reeker. He's also a special effects guy, sort of. He's done a little bit of work in that. He did uh, Eyes of the Woods as a creature in that movie and the personal demon in Demonic Toys Personal Demons movie. Hmm. So, Christina, there was no budget on this. This is straight to video that I recall from. So what did you think of this film and the sequel to the Reeker franchise? Again, every character in this movie deserves to die. (laughs) Not spoiling anything. Again, great beginning. It was oh, it was a amazing. really good beginning. I like it better than the first one. I do too. It was it was way better than the first one. Um, I enjoyed knowing and uh seeing the story of the origin of the Reeker. But because it makes I, sense now. Yeah, yeah, and it was good. It's a good origin story. But then it just got dumb, and the acting got worse. Yeah, this is not <laughs> like, the best acted one. No, not at all. It's, uh, but it's like splitting hairs when you compare it to the first one a little bit. Because mm-hmm. they both weren't acted well. I think since you already knew what was going on, it didn't make it as good. Because like you already knew they were, you know, where they were supposed to be. Okay. Or you know what I mean. I'm trying not to spoil anything here. Um, 
they keep there's they're still not explaining things they keep showing this fucking bunker and it was just driving me nuts like there was no point of that for me they were just trying to be creepy mm-hmm. oh it's bothering me um they never ex- they still like you say they explained the flashing i feel like they didn't ex- really explain that though that no, wellness not 100% on this one either, yeah. yeah. I did enjoy I did enjoy the death scenes, and again, it had good gore. That was about it. I was, yeah, I this did, one had a lot more gore. I didn't like the storyline with the bank robbers and then the cops. Yeah, it's, it's a little and overwhelming. Then, and then them relating the beginning of the movie of the cop, and then, then he's like an older cop, and then, and then it's his son is the cop. Like, I didn't like that. It was dumb. Right. Uh, Every story has an origin, so you have to kind of yeah. We, we <clears> they figured it out. They put it in there. It wasn't terrible like it that. It yeah, uh, five out of ten. <clears throat> five out of ten. Okay. Yeah. So this one is um, very similar to the first one, and in, in in some ways, and and very different in other ways. Like the first one, I would say is kind of like the better acted movie, but the characters are still kind of silly and have these weird, meaningless conversations back and forth occasionally. Probably more so in this movie. But what is good about the first movie is the acting a little bit, but you have this big gap of like what's going on. Whereas this one is kind of over inundating you with all this information and you're sort of figuring out why all these things happen, who the Rieger was, who, why is he doing it? What's going on? And they pretty much solve all the mysteries on that. And they even do a hell of a lot more. This one is just packed to the gills with different stuff in it. There is a little bit of that air of comedy in this in this movie. It's supposed to be an entertainment film. They do, they want you to enjoy it or jump at any single point. And they said they would be happy. That's exactly how they said it. And this one, not the greatest acting, even though we have some people in here that, you know, we recognize and or liked in other films. This is not the best acted movie. This is definitely one of your Cinemax movies that you would watch back in the day, just if it happened to be online or on TV or something like that, you know. But yeah, I I really like some of the actual lore. The lore is actually really entertaining and interesting and kind of, I don't know, it's not performed exactly well, but there are some really kind of interesting moments that happen in this movie that are kind of silly and interesting at the same time, you know. They really dig deep into the kind of mythos of why, how the whole like scientific and the mechanics of this whole thing work. Why, you know, like how each and like they really well thought it out, you know, they're like, well, what would it be like if you were in, you know, this area and this thing that we can't talk about in the spoiler free section. (laughs) (laughs) But what happens when you go to an area and you can't escape it and things happen? They have like the mechanics of that where the first movie didn't explain it this one does so it's kind of interesting as you're like going along but there is way too many characters way too much running around and nonsense stuff things happening there's some funny things that happen in it but not like the kind of like ha 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 funny just kind of like oh that's a silly situation you know i i didn't i don't think i really laughed in this movie like it was intentionally neither did i do with the first one right right anyway if you are interested in the lore of Reeker, this is a good movie to watch. There are some pretty entertaining sort of mechanical descriptions of how this whole thing works in these two movies that really make it an interesting kind of watch, but it doesn't have that big gap in the middle. It's just got so much stuff that it just kind of feels like just get it over with already. Um, It's very close to the other one as far as score, because where this one prevails, the other one doesn't. 
So I would say 5.5 for this one, solid. But I did like the lore and finding out more about it. So it could be a six, you know what I mean? So that's why both of these movies, I think, Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think, like, which one was the easier one to watch? Probably the first one. Mm -hmm. Just because even though it doesn't answer questions, you at least kind of have a a congruent story Mm -hmm. where this one jumps all over the fucking place. Right. And it's like a kind of a mystery game. And you're kind of like trying to figure out while there's like 10 characters running around each other, bumping into each other. All these different crazy things are happening. So you're still kind of like clueless as what's happening while also kind of simultaneously piecing it together. So I don't know. This one's a little longer, it feels like. And it wasn't as great a watch, but. In the same regard, they have a couple of scenes in this movie that I really like, including the intro scene, which you mentioned, which is fucking fucked up. Right. Like, this is a cool death, dude. It like, really is. It's like cool. a really memorable death. And it's dark. Like, it's fucked up. Um, the origin of Reeker is kind of interesting. Um, just a crazy dude. <laughs> You kind of figure it out really quick. I won't say who it is because it'll be a surprise for you when you first watch the movie. Uh, I think if you were to watch just this movie, you'd probably be okay. Yeah, I think so too. They're not connected in any sense other than lore. And technically, this is almost like an origin story. So a prequel, even though it's not, they call it a companion piece. So if you were to just watch this one, this one might not be so bad to watch. This is for your horror fan that has kind of like been through the 90s and the 2000s and didn't mind it. (laughs) You know, like if you're not into that kind of thing, this is going to be a terrible movie for you. It's going to be like a three out of 10. But for people like us, like this is what we got. Mm -hmm. So we're not like overwhelmed with like millions of great movies like at the time. Right. We had what we had and we were thankful for what we got during a time where it was very dry. 90s and 2000s were kind of spotty. So I don't know. I I still like the idea and the concept. I still think it's a very high concept. They get into real big details about the the sort of mechanics of it, which I appreciate that they did writing wise. But ultimately, the the stories, the characters and everything are really not that likable. And it's kind of uh, just get it over with. And you're just kind of. It's like one of those things you ever watch a show or a movie and you don't really care about it. You're just kind of interested in one aspect of it. So you keep watching. Yeah. Discovery of witches. Yeah. Yeah. She tried to tell me that these movies suck and I'm like, but you watch discovery of witches. Well, it's because I'm hooked in. I need to know Discovery of bitches. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I, I can't say anything about it because I haven't watched it, but I'm just being silly. I know. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, if you guys have seen it, I would love to hear what you think of this whole franchise. And if you've seen the first one or only seen this one or only seen the first, it'd be great to hear from you guys. So we both give it about a six. Mine's a little five. low. Oh, you give five. it a five. Yeah. So, yeah, mine's a 5.5. 5. So five. Yeah, It's hard to judge on this one. They're just above average just because of the concept. Exactly. But ultimately, these are going to be a little bit rough watch for your regular casual viewer. If you are not into horror, this is probably not one you'll put on. You have to be one of those people that kind of dig and just want to see something different Mm -hmm. and don't mind indie films. But the kills in this are pretty cool. They got three scenes in this movie that I really like. Three. And they do some really good CGI in this, which is remarkable considering how small of a movie this is. Right. You know what I mean? Like they do top notch CGI that I was like, what the fuck? Like, how did they do this? So 
I think I kind of know how they did some of them, but yeah, I don't know. There's, I would say that there's probably cooler scenes in this one than the first one, as far as like the CGI effects. So right, yeah. So that's what I'm saying. It's like so neck and neck with each other, but uh, yeah. So that's pretty much it. That's all I had to say about that. We do have a little bit of trivia on this. I did go and watch the making of, and we'll kind of point out some of our favorite scenes and stuff about this movie and what we liked, including those three things. But if you don't want anything spoiled, you can actually rent this movie on any of your digital platforms, including Amazon, Voodoo, all of them, Microsoft, whatever you want to do it. But if you don't want anything spoiled, here's your warning. So... When they were shooting this, they shot this in the Mojave Desert. In the Mojave, there is a lot of gusts and winds that happen throughout the whole filming process. So, uh-huh. you know, they're working in the heat, kind of. It's not, even if it's in the winter, it's still hot. Right. And they had a lot of dust storms and shit like that out there, mm-hmm. which made it kind of difficult for them. A lot of the people that worked on the film really enjoyed working on this film. They actually had a lot of fun together and they said it was a a joy to work with and that they were all friends and had a lot of laughs with each other. And even Robert Pine was like, yeah, man, he was like, it's good to work with some young kids again because it kind of makes you think about how, why you got into the business. You see that fire inside of them. He's like, Mm -hmm. so I really liked working on this film, you know, and that's a guy who's done some pretty big shit. You know what I mean? So the fact that he is, it just seems like he's a cool guy. Um, But they all love David and Tina, who Tina is, was Tina Payne previous to this and Dave uh, Payne, who both of them were basically producers. And he, Dave actually ran producer, writer, and director so that's a lot of tasks to run tina was actually pregnant at the time oh wow and people were remarking on how well that they were able to manage all of that together without messing anything up you know the sandstorms and stuff set them back it's always like hurry up and wait you know that's the way it always is in any kind of like entertainment industry shit is like you're always hurry up and being ready and waiting Mm-hmm. for a specific thing so but everybody said it went really well and they really enjoyed it so the some of the special effects the visual effects that they do in this movie is by daniel barone he was one of the special effects supervisors called studio k which they made specifically for this um he talks about how they had the head scene where the guy like got he slams into an invisible wall oh yeah and then they showed his head like caved in and stuff and how they did that that was all CGI. What they did is they they have, like, they raised his head up, so it went up another three or four inches, did the damage on top, and then put circles where the, you know, the dots would be, mm-hmm. that they would just shrink the middle out. They would cut out the middle. Right. And then do a composite shot where they would have the background. And so, you know what I mean? So that you could see his head and kind of like like, hollow almost. right it was a really cool effect it was it was cool i also was really interested in how they did the invisible barrier thing because they're in this purgatory thing right right so they can't escape and they kind of explore that area which is really cool and they talked about how they did that they said that they used like a just a board or a clear screen or whatever and they were just pushing on it so that they could actually push on something oh yeah because you could see it like when you pushed on it like wobble Mm -hmm. when he slams into the wall and they do the invisible wall there Mm -hmm. they put one of those you know those concrete uh things that they set up in the medians right 
and then they put so they set it up like a T. So they had the guy go like sixty miles an hour right at it and hit it so that they could get that shot. Oh wow. And then cut out all the parts that they needed to. One of my favorite scenes in this whole movie, it's not even it's just how well they did it. There was a scene in the movie where the, the sheriff goes into was it the sheriff or the sheriff's son? Sheriff's son. He's walking around drunk and he hears somebody going, Help me. I need, I'm in all pain, help me. And he finds out that this guy's in an office or in a hotel room and he goes and he shines a light and he sees these pair of legs behind the thing. And he's like, it's okay, I'm here to help you. And then he hears something behind him and it's like, that's okay, it's already too late. <laughs> and then he's like, wait, what the fuck? And, and it's he, his head. And it's just a head and an arm on the bed. And he's like, but I, I really appreciate you like looking out for me, like trying to help me, man. And he's like, what the fuck? And then he hears something behind him and you see the pair of legs run out without a body. Yeah, run out the door. Yeah. So it's just like from the waist down and it kind of like stumbles out the door and it looked really cool. It It was very effective. Like whatever they did, they did a really good job. I was impressed. We're talking about 2008, guys. This isn't. Yeah. I mean, it's it's later than, you know, like 2008 straight to video. Right. It's pretty good. Yeah. Like they they know what they're doing. But those are like some of the big scenes that I liked. And I like how they did the invisible barrier wall. Did you want to talk about anything that you really liked or well, something be- in particular that you don't like? Excuse maybe? me, that beginning scene. Oh, so yes. The guys, there's a guy driving and there's a hitchhiker. So he stops. And the, the, and you're thinking this the shady guy is the hitchhiker. Yeah, you think of the shady guy as the hitchhiker, and they have this weird conversation, and the driver rolls up the window, and then he starts driving. Yeah, because the hitchhiker's like, he's like, man, I don't know what's worse, running out of water or waiting for the Death Valley Drifter to get me. And he was like, who's the Death Valley Drifter? And he's like, you don't know who the Death Valley Drifter is? He's like, no, why? Who is it? He's like, well, he's a cat has been killing everybody over here in Death Valley. Kind of ironic, isn't it? And then the guy's like, yeah, I'm going to go. And then rolls up the window and then he starts driving away. And then he pushes on his brakes, throws it in reverse, and then he runs over the hitchhiker. <laughs> he runs over him, dude. And his leg is snapped. Yeah, they show the leg snap. And then he <laughs> rolls forward. Wait, over no. his crotch. Yeah, over his crotch. So then, Slowly. So then the tire is just resting on the guy's like chest. Right. right and that's when it cuts. Him. No, because then they... It cuts and goes to the title screen and then comes back and it caves in his chest. Yeah, after um, the, the the driver comes and and then he like he t- cuts off his tongue. That's right, yeah. Yeah. While he's like still... No, no, no. He cuts out... His, that was... Yeah, the title goes. He comes up and he crushes his chest a little bit. And then it cuts to the title. And then when they come back from the intro of the movie, then it's back to the guy on the ground and you see his chest literally sink in. I don't know how they did this, but it it looked looked good. Yeah, it looked cool. It was really effective. And somehow the guy's still alive. This is where Lou Temple was in. This is his part. Um, And he cuts out his tongue. And the guy's like moaning the whole time while he does it. And he's like got all these tools on the ground, and you're like, oh, Reeker had tools like that. Right. He was like, I'm a machinist, and they blah, 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 and they tell me whatever. And then he goes back to his fucking shack of horrors, Mm -hmm. and as he's driving there, his hubcap comes off, and the guy's handprint 
a blood is on the hubcap and it rolls off in front of a police officer who sees it and then follows the car right he follows to the his car house of horrors which has got people stapled all over the side like some fucking like wallpaper uh, shit what was it the uh jeepers creepers like all the way inside this like wooden shack all over the place and it smells really bad so the cop goes in there handcuffs him handcuffs him to the wall he can barely breathe so he has to step out and, and the then, guy cut his own arm off. Yeah, the guy. Yeah, the guy cut his arm off to get the handcuffs off. And then what? What happened? He shot him. Did he shoot him? Yeah, he grabbed his gun somehow, and then shoots at the officer. But then he's like, he looks up at the sky, and he's like, "What's that?" And he was like, "Well," and then he throws the gun at the officer, and he's like, "Well, officer, looks like it's your lucky day, because they're telling me my time is up." The voices he meant. The, the voices, voices are, yeah. The yeah. voices tell me the time is up, so I'm all yours. And so the officer's like was a coward about it, but he kind of takes him anyway. And then he's like heralded as this hero. He becomes a sheriff, and it's like this big move for him. And then the guy like dies. He has to go to the gas he gets chamber. Gas, yeah, he gets gas chambered. They have this person interrogating him, and he talks about how... He's like a psychologist. Yeah. psychologist. Yeah, see where he's at, like... And he's talking about, yeah, the voices told me to kill um, because, you know, I have to help the bodies in between the worlds, in between blah, 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 blah. So, yeah, he was just killing to practice for this job that he's going to get in between worlds. Right, and they gas him, and he's, like, breathing deeply, like, yes, breathe it in, you know? Like, he's excited about dying. And as soon as he dies, you see his body zap down into the middle of the desert right in front of his shack. Mm -hmm. Except he's all shaky and, like, like ready to burned go. or something. I don't know what the fuck. He's, like, all, like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, So this one has just got a lot going on. I mean, there's this bank robbery that happens. Yeah, well, then they fast forward, like, 30 years. Right. In the future where he's a sheriff and his son has apparently had some relationship with some girl that slept with his partner. Yeah, I don't know. See, there's too much going on. Yeah, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, need to make it that deep. So the father who became sheriff had a son, but because he didn't feel like a man, abandoned his sons and pushed him away. So he never got to see his son, even though his son followed in his footsteps to become an officer like him to try to, of course, win his fucking father you know son love or whatever i didn't even realize they were father and son until like said it right in the um, beginning they, i missed it because i didn't even realize until like the middle of the movie really yes well he called him son he was like I no got pissed. I he's started like yelling son you gotta understand things are slower out here well he said son but i mean you know he's an old guy old right. guys call young guys son. yeah he's not that old <laughs> you know what I mean. Anyway, it's the it's the sheriff's last day, and his son's taken of over course, as sheriff. Of course, it has it's, to be his last his day. Last day before he retires. Right. So Which, he has to go to hell and back. Yeah, you know that means he's gonna die. Right. <laughs> Typical. <laughs> Typical. Typical. But you know what? Whatever. So there was a casino robbery. Okay. They see it on the TV. Yeah. But let me just explain something here before you go on. There's the father dynamic. There's the new waitress who's working at this place who they give a bunch of shit to. There's the 
the bank robbers and then there's like these other people at the diner and stuff like a doctor and like all these other people and they all kind of like Quentin Tarantino together in some <laughs> like very complex story where they all kind of, you know, end up having their own little individual stories, but then crash into each other in purgatory. Mm-hmm. And it's like, there is some cool things. Like there was like this weird guy running around in a fucking like hospital gown. They were like, you're like, what's going on? Yeah, which they didn't explain till later, which was stupid. And it was literally a guy died in surgery. Right. And they even have a the cool thing that was in this is they planted all these like little sort of Easter eggs that you you find about later in the movie where it's like happening in real time when they die because everything is slowed down in this world in purgatory to the point where, you know, like they're seeing flashes of stuff that happen when they're dead. And, like, there's, like, a cop that comes up, and he's like, oh, so you're the fucking problem maker that caused all these problems. And he's like, holy shit, who are you? What the fuck is an officer? And he goes hiding in his room, and the guy disappears. Never sees him again. But they got little stuff like that all over the movie. And then by the end of the movie, they sort of piece it all together, how this whole thing happens. Well, it's like a whole nother world happening on a slower scale in purgatory Mm -hmm. because if you die in purgatory that means you have died in the accident and somehow you can sort of avoid your death if you can beat the reeker and that's what this one's all about (sighs) exhausted (laughs) this is exhausting it is pretty it is a little exhausting i will admit like it is there's a lot yeah, it's too much. It is a too little much. too much. They have this whole dynamic where the waitress actually knows the bank robbers and he shows up at her diner that yeah, happened to have been. police officers there and they somehow didn't notice. I don't know how. When there's two cop cars out in the fucking, you know. Yeah. Come on, dude. So they shoot at each other. There's an explosion. Yeah. And that's and where they all died. Means. You know what that means. That's know? where everybody died. So everyone else disappeared except them. You know. Right. So now you have this whole chasing of the cops, chasing the robbers. And they're still trying to figure out that they don't realize they're in purgatory until halfway through the movie. Right. And then they join together, join forces, bad guys and good guys. Yeah, well, once they hit all the domes and stuff, you know, the the purgatory ending. Right. They drive into it, like you said before, and that stuff. Yeah, that was like one of the, the main parts is like it's like it all takes place at this diner that has a hotel and like linked to it like in the first movie kind of yeah it is is very similar uh they even start the movie the same way literally yeah. with a car driving car down driving. the road yeah and i was like there you well, go what else are you gonna do in fucking death valley i guess you'd be yeah. driving in a car <laughs> you'd be you'd be hunting deers are you done i'm just kidding <laughs> Hey, I don't have to talk. I, I was totally joking. I told you. Also, there's a missing uh, Native Native American, mm-hmm. you know, out there. And he's in the purgatory, too. And he's trying to kill the Reeker. Yeah, he knows. He seems to know more about it than they do. Like, so he it's been tell- prophesized or something. Yeah, and he was telling him. And, of course, they didn't believe him. He's because, like, just you know, know that I've warned you. And right. they're like, okay. And he ends up dead. Like, of course. Okay. It's bullshit. He should have been the hero because he knew everything. Keep in mind, the Reeker, we don't really even see Reeker at all. Right, which for, is annoying. For like more than... 45 minutes. Yeah, it was like more than half the movie. Because they had to develop all these goddamn characters. There's too many. There's like a scene where uh, the bald head guy, the, the fucking binky, <laughs> the, mm-hmm. the British guy, mm-hmm. ditches his co-bank uh, robber friend Alex. Says he starts over and he takes all the money and then he hits that invisible wall 
And then Alex finds him at that invisible wall, his buddy, who's a bank robber, too. And he's like, his head's like smashed in and his face is caved in. And he's just talking normal like there's nothing hurt. And he's like, oh, oh, what the fuck? He's like, your head's all fucked up. And he makes him wear a bag (laughs) over his head with like one eye, which is like oddly kind of reminded me of the sack that fucking Jason Voorhees wears in the second movie uh, uh-huh. because it only had like one eye. Uh-huh. I'm pretty sure. Uh, I don't know if that was intentional or not, but it might be, you know, considering mm-hmm. it is a horror movie. Right. <laughs> that isn't to be taken too seriously. There's a couple of funny moments with the two of them, but they don't really land that well, but it is kind of funny. Like, they have this back and forth because their money catches fire somehow, and they don't know why. Yeah, just out of nowhere, it's, it's yeah. Yeah, the fire. case that he's holding it in, this metal case with all the money, burns his hand, he drops it, and then opens it up, and it's all on fire. And it's because of the explosion, right? Right. But, but in the slowed-down world, the purgatory world, it's burning slowly, but in the fast world, it's already burned up. Right. Some of it's elsewhere. They're kind of moving around in different areas. But doesn't that just mean his his real death is coming soon? Right. Like the purgatory death coming soon. But it was different because we never really saw in the first one where people were dead walking around necessarily other than the little guy that was in the garbage can. Because mm-hmm. everybody that died in that movie never got back up. Right. You know what I mean? They mm-hmm. just stayed there. Right. They weren't like zombied. Right. But, but this one does a little something a little different. But, you know, I don't know. Maybe you have to smell the reeker in order to transcend into the light. I kind of like the idea of the guy, like, his smell actually killing you and, like, melting parts of your too. body. I do, too. I think that would be good. That would be a really good idea. And I thought with the name the reeker, which apparently is a play on the word reaper, because unlike the reaper who goes to the real world to pick people off, Apparently, when someone doesn't want to die, they go to this place in purgatory where they need somebody else to run shit, which is where Reeker comes in and and basically acts like the Reaper of Purgatory. Right. So that's where we find out. It's getting too full. Yeah. Get rid of these guys. The the overflow is getting full. Yep. Got to get rid of them. But only in the Death Valley. So he must have, they must have different like regions. Like yeah, they must direct, have sections. Yeah. I wonder if they have quotas like at work. You know, He's like you a know, regional like, director. Yeah, maybe he gets a raise. Maybe he gets a pizza party That's or something. That's true, yeah. Oh, I hope they give him a mug with like the company logo. Yeah, maybe if he kills enough people and sends them back to hell or heaven, wherever they're going. Yeah, pizza party. He gets a pizza party. Mm-hmm. That'd be good. He's kind of like Michael from The Office. Yeah. You know, where he tries yeah, to do he- like impressions and stuff but since he can't talk because he's always wearing the gas mask it's like kind of not funny right (laughs) like me this is correct yeah all right fuck you i try god damn it um but yeah so i mean i don't know what else to say about this there's a really weird scene with a bird that caught fire because the car blew up and it caught fire and then like sets the fucking tank on fire later on because they set up this tank to blow to kill the reeker the reeker because they first the the sheriff decides to kamikaze and go into the reeker's like house of horrors Mm -hmm. with a grenade and blows up the reeker and the reeker comes for everybody else visibly burnt right and then they decide that they're going to blow up the tank next to him and oh then there's this annoying back and forth to where 
you know, the the girl, they have a, a toilet that's going to flush. Yeah, she, then... like, kicks the, like, the lighter out of it so that it doesn't go off. But yeah. then you find out later, like, when they're piecing everything that happened, all the, like, different stages that go together, mm-hmm. it all fits into this uniform reason why everybody died. And so they show the explosion multiple times for different angles. And it's like, it really looks like a Final Destination type fucking mm-hmm. movie. Like, it's this chain reaction of, like, all these people dying, like, some people getting hit in the face, some people getting spiked in them. But they were all killed by the Reeker, and he's using the pieces of the real world to kill them. Right. He drilled the fucking sheriff in the head, he pipes the fucking doctor, like... No one survived, right? Except for the waitress and 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 the sheriff's son. Oh, they did? They survived? Yeah, and then the uh, manager of the diner. Oh, well, he wasn't even in the... He didn't go to purgatory, no. Yeah, he didn't even go to purgatory, but... But he was there when they came back, and she doesn't remember anything of it, of course, because... Oh, yeah, because once you leave purgatory, it's like, it's, you know... You have no memory of it. It's like, you know, when, uh, like, uh, the near-death experiences, like, a lot of people don't, you know what I'm saying? Like, you can't remember that, you know? Do you remember the very, very end of this? They don't really explain? Yes. Well, I know why. There's a kid playing video games, and he starts to hear voices, right? And he's talking to his dad. But see, this is because the Reaker died. He needs a new replacement. He needs a new replacement, so he put in this guy, and the the dad is asking the kid, where's the babysitter? What happened to the babysitter? (laughs) She's working out. Yeah, she's exercising. The babysitter is exercising, so the dad goes down there, and guess what? The babysitter's dead. Because yeah. the voices in his head told him to do it. He's it started all over again. Yeah, there you go. Got to pick him, you know? Then he's going to make his dad, he's going to, like, do artwork with his body, like, and put it all over the walls of his house while he's playing video games. Okay. A little serial killer. <laughs> Probably. You know. He's got to be, he's going to get his kills. St- do you think they're going to gas chamber the kid? Yeah. <laughs> I think he's going to grow up. And, Child like, sacrifice, I'm telling you. I think it's just, you know, people are going to pile up in that area for a while until he gets older. Do so you think he'll get smarter, or is he just going to give up like the this guy in Death Valley, where he just gave up? I don't think he's going to be a kid hunting people, but that'd be kind of interesting. Be cool. You can't make movies like that, A little that, burnt though. kid. Like... People would be like all up in arms about that shit. Yeah, well... well it's fucked up. There's it's other movies up. that have child killers, but... It's fucked up. Fucked up. It's fucked up. <laughs> so are you glad we watched these, Christina? Or yeah, you not... I'm glad. It's fine. You know, it was entertaining. Okay. It was nice to watch Chexus Chainsaw Massacre 2 with Chexus? Uh, the same week within these two. What'd you call it? Chexus. Oh, the Chexus. The Chexus Chainsaw Massacre. Chexus Chainsaw Massacre. What are we watching next week? Well, I'm glad you asked, Christina. We are going to be watching two new movies this week that have been out Next for a little week. while. We missed them. I didn't get to do YouTube videos on them. Uh, you know, money's tight a little bit, so we had to wait a little bit. And we figured we'd put them on the podcast to do a deep dive into them. We have no idea really what to expect, although I did hear one of the movies was like, uh, I heard mixed stuff on one movie, and I heard one good thing. I've heard a lot of good things about the other. I won't say oh, which is which. who cares what p- other people think? This is us. Bro. Oh, I know. I'm just saying, like, you know, you just kind of make a judgment based on what you hear. So I have no idea what to expect. Uh, we are watching Shut In from 2022. Just came out about a week or two ago, and it's about a woman who gets shut in a closet, and there's, like, a woman with, a, like, her daughter's there, and, like, 
Some guys come in. I don't really know what to expect. And I then hope, I hope no one's gonna pee on children. Yeah, and then we got another one that's with uh, Scout Taylor Compton, who Rich Ragsdale had in another movie actually with her, The Long Night, called The Long Night. Yeah, <laughs> Rich Ragsdale's been on the show before. Uh, we talked about his uh, Looper movie. It was a short film that he did about a slasher guy that could like use time travel to fucking kill you. There which is go. really cool. That's cool. I really hope he gets a chance to make that. He said that's like a fun project that him and his brother do because they're they own a production company together. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I'm curious about that. It's got Scout Taylor Compton who was in the she played Laurie Strode in the Halloween movies. Went away for a little bit. And now she's coming back and she's been in a lot of movies. Like actually, I, I've been seeing her in trailer after trailer after trailer. So uh, Rich has always been a fan of her. So I'll be curious to see. It's like a supernatural movie about these people that are living in the woods and they go to this house and we don't really know what to expect. So we're going to check them out. So hopefully you can check them out. You can rent them wherever you want on digital. Um, they should be relatively cheap now at the four ninety nine range. So if you want to watch them with us, you can do it for that. At least it's not six ninety nine. Hopefully, <laughs> I can't say for sure. But yeah, thank you guys so much for coming by for the Reekers, the sequel, and listening to our nonsense. We appreciate you guys very much. And as always, Boston Point.